and welcome to Redefining Outbound, a podcast series for sales leaders. I'm one of your hosts, Frida Odesson, VP of US Sales at Cognizant. I'll be interviewing a range of forward-thinking sales leaders on how and why B2B buying behavior has changed, and we'll be unpacking why these trends are important for Outbound. I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Hey, sales leaders. Welcome to today's episode of Redefining Outbound. Um, today's episode is a little bit special. I'm here with Stephen Vickers and Katie Voigt. Uh, we all work together here on the Cognizant US sales team. Um, and so on today's episode, we'll be sort of just get together, talk shop, talk about the North American uh, market and, and the state of like selling in the US. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to dig in. Uh, but before we do that, um, do you mind introducing yourselves? Steven. Sure. Thank you, Frida. Uh, my name is Stephen Vickers. I'm the head of U.S. sales development. Uh, I've worked at Cognizant for about 10 months now, but I've been in sales development leadership for about eight years or so, uh, previously at both Acquia and Oracle. And my name is Katie Voigt. I lead our enterprise sales team here in the U.S. I've been with Cognizant since April, so a little bit fresher than Steven. And I've been in the enterprise space for the last 10 years of my career. Right. Uh, and I'm Frida, VP of US Sales. I've, I started around the same time as Katie, so around six months. Um, and yeah, I've also been doing sales in, in one form or another for about 10 years. Um, all right. So I'm curious, first question of the day that we always kick off with. Uh, Steve and Katie, what does redefining outbound mean to you? I'll, I'll start off, uh, Katie. I know I've been fortunate enough to be a part of companies where the modern day buying process is, is forefront to them. And I guess what I mean by that is, you know, there's that old stereotype that sales reps are, you know, going through the phone booth and blindly dialing just to try to get a bite more spraying and, and praying. And, you know, now it's really shifted to more of a consultative era where we're prioritizing, you know, research to understand our companies and, and the buyers within them. So um, I, I think that, that motion from sales reps is really intersecting with the changing in buyers and the access to information that they have. And, and we recognize that to be a buyer in this day and age means you have to have all that information about the products, about markets and, and understanding which is the best fit for you. You know, buyers in 2023 are so much more knowledgeable about what's out there. So you don't need an SDR who will just rattle off features to you. You know, you want a partner who's going to help you uh, to understand and, and validate your needs in order to find a, a solution together. So for sales development, you know, what that really means is we have to do that upfront research. We need to know, you know, our messaging. Uh, we have to have a hypothesis of need before we go and, and perform these outbound activities. So it's, it's not just ripping through a phone book and the spray and pray method. It's, it's coming in informed and willing to understand the challenges that, that customers are experiencing. Yeah. And I th- awesome. And what about you, Katie? Yeah, I think to elaborate on that even further, I think about the kind of relationship between our enterprise sales team and our enterprise SDRs and how critical that has been to everyone's success, right? I feel like we're all like little squirrels out there gathering acorns to Stephen's point about these like very educated buyers. We have to be so educated on what is top of, top of mind and top priority for everybody that we're working with. And 
knowing that there are so many stakeholders involved in conversations now. So the partnership between our enterprise sales team and our enterprise SDRs is more critical than ever uh, because they're outbounding on these very large enterprise accounts. And every single conversation is an opportunity to gather some piece of intel, but then sharing all of that intel so that everybody has a holistic picture about what's going on at the account as we're uncovering different pieces of information. So yeah, just a, a very collaborative approach, both internally and then with our respective buyers. I like that. And I think that's one thing that you two, together with uh, our um, SDR managers, I think have done really, really well setting up that super collaborative uh, unit with the enterprise uh, AEs and the SDRs. So we're going to dig into that a little bit more. I want to hear some like more tactical uh, things that you've been doing there. Um, but um, starting sort of high level, um, I'd love to talk about some of the core challenges of the US market right now. Um, as we're all experienced, it's more challenging than ever, I think, due to the Silicon Valley crash and like people just being hesitant, spending money, um, all that. So like, what are some things that you're, you're noticing some like new trends that have been challenging over, let's say like the last six months? Yeah, so I can definitely jump in on that one. There are so many stakeholders involved in every single conversation now. Gone are the days of working like just with the head of sales and pushing a partnership through because we're meeting their respective decision criteria. There are so many more people that have to be involved um, both laterally and vertically at organizations. And it's really tough, right? We always talk about slowing down to speed up. That used to be the general mentality but now it's slowing down to just even make sure that a deal can happen, right? And it's getting everybody involved right from the beginning so that we can answer everybody's questions and concerns and make sure that we're a really good fit across the organization. That's been something that's really tough and it's been a big change over the last six months. I'm gonna say from, from an SDR perspective, I, I think the biggest challenge is just getting people live and, and having conversations. You know, it's it's gone to a more, a more mobile world, but I think our team here does our a really good job with that as uh, we have proven resources and tools to help support them in, in that mission. But I mean, overall, from a business perspective, I, I think customer loyalty is something that's a challenge for, for all businesses. You know, once you get a new customer, it's, it's hard enough to get a new customer, but then once you get that customer, you know, how do you keep them when there's constantly, you know, they're constantly being barraged by, you know, competitors of, of all types and sizes who are trying to convince them that, you know, they can do it better or provide it cheaper. So really identifying really what your customers actually want and then doing a better job of giving it to them, I think really makes all the difference in, in a company's future and growth as we continue to um, maintain and develop that relationship with them. Right. So sort of that point of like, we understand you and your problem better. So we're going to be able to help you better. Correct. Um, and sort of that consultative sales is even even more critical than yeah. ever. Yeah. And um, what about ROI? Um, I mean, Katie, I'm sure you run into this all the time. I feel like there's just like, um, you know, uh, higher pressure on proving out ROI in the sales process um, and also shorter timeframes. Like a lot of companies want to see ROI prove within a year. 
Yeah. So you're spot on with that. And I think about, you know, we used to set up these like ROI workshops that would happen to, like, later on in the sales process, right? Once more people were involved, those are being pulled up there. Those conversations are happening mm-hmm. right from the disco. We have to be equipped to be able to kind of off the cuff, talk through what some of those metrics would look like because we're being vetted out right from the beginning. And I think even expanding the conversation, it used to be, you know, hey, what ROI multiplier do you need to, to leverage to be able to bring in a new, a new tool, right? Is it it's a 2X, a 3X? I'm hearing 6X, 7X right now on investment, which is just a sign of what's happening in the market and the emphasis on ROI and a substantial ROI. So we have a ton of questions that we have to work through in our sales process to be able to produce a hard hitting ROI, but our AEs also have to be able to like really speak off the cuff on a disco and get some metrics in front of our buyers. Cool. Are there any other trends, challenges, maybe even opportunities that both of you have noticed in this current market? I mean, I, I touched on it uh, a minute ago, but I, I really do think a big trend that I've noticed is that our customers or potential customers are, are so much more knowledgeable than they were, you know, three, four five years ago. You know, we don't need to feed them the features and, and benefits because they're already 50% of the way through the buying cycle before they even speak to us. So it's it's a great opportunity for us as salespeople to come in more prepared and help them on that journey. So in a market where, you know, things are tough and companies are are really tightening their wallet, the opportunity to kind of lead with integrity, build that mutual trust with a potential customer, I think is truly the difference between earning and, and losing that business. I mean, it's something that I've heard my entire sales career, people buy from people that they like and that they trust and you lose that trust in an instant. So from from an SDR perspective, that first call, we've got to ensure that we can um, we can garner that trust from from the customer and that we're leading with integrity. And I think that's a, a big part of the business. Yeah. And I think like leading with integrity, that's something that really comes up for us. There's so much vendor consolidation that's happening right now. And that's been a huge push we've seen. It's, I mean, it's a, a trend, of course, especially in large companies to consolidate vendors, but we're seeing it more and more. And leading with that integrity and building that trust is such a, a critical piece, especially for our business, right? Because we're in a, a niche space and it's important for us to be differentiated, right? But we have to have a longer sales cycle. We have to do so much more vetting of our product to make it apparent as to why we shouldn't be just consolidated in with other vendors, right? Where they should have a standalone contract like with our solution. And I know other companies are feeling the same. We talked to our perspective clients, right, who are especially in sales, and they're feeling that too. So just kind of the fight against that vendor consolidation, which is, I mean, it's always really prevalent, especially in Q4. But I feel like especially this year, we've seen that take off. Yeah, certainly. And I think the other trend too is people are more likely, people want to do more with less, mm-hmm. um, right? They want to consolidate tools, uh, but get more out of them. Um, and they're really looking into for us, you know, uh, selling to salespeople, helping sales teams, like they want to really like improve the funnel um, and just by like improving certain like points in the funnel and not necessarily just like put in more at the top and hope like that shows at the bottom. Um, so that's like really a trend that people are trying to be like, okay, I have this, like this funnel, instead of just like adding more pipe at, at the top, like what can I do to improve those um, inflection points in the funnel? Um, and that is a little bit new because when, when you know, the market was better. People would just throw money at the problem. And now it's more so dissecting uh, the issue and the pain and really improving certain uh, certain percentage points and improve efficiency. 
Yeah. And to Stephen's point kind of about like the, the churn, right. And the ongoing relationships, it's so important on the back end, right. A lot of what we talk about is so focused on, you know, acquiring new customers, but there's the, the huge piece, which is retention, right. And then making sure that you're having, you know, what used to be a once a year meeting to say, Hey, this is who we are. This is the value we provide your organization at a minimum is now a quarterly business review. Sometimes they're monthly reviews on, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're providing. Here's the value that we bringing specifically and that's just something else that we have to do to help fight that vendor consolidation on the back end cool so um Stephen and Kate if you can sort of summarize like what would you say for for each of your teams what is like the number one biggest challenge that you're you're facing right now I think for us, it's really getting everybody to the table, right? Uh, we used to always propose kind of, hey, let's get everybody to a call. Let's have one big meeting where we get all the stakeholders involved. And that just doesn't happen. We are dealing with a global organization, so many different time zones, so many different calendars. We just came out of summer travel season, uh, which really impacted our ability to get meetings scheduled because people are traveling so much, especially over on the Eastern hemisphere. So for us, we're not really focused on getting everybody to a single call, but having multiple smaller calls where we're getting everyone's feedback, everyone is prioritized based on what it is that they're looking for, but still making sure that we're getting them involved. So instead of running kind of one large sales process with so many decision makers, we're running three or four smaller ones and then getting everybody together in some sort of like feedback loop. And that looks different for every single one of our processes that we're running right now. But getting everybody involved and engaged in the process, I still think is a, a big challenge that we have. And do you feel like we're seeing extended sales cycles because of that? 100%. I think it's especially tough this time of year because truly we just wrapped up summer travel season, which really extended so many sales processes. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that makes things a little bit tougher because we have so many more stakeholders involved in the buying process right now. Sales cycles are absolutely getting extended. And what about your team, Stephen? I'm going to throw a couple of them at you. I, I think in a sales development organization, but high performance expectations. It's like, I, I get that this is sales, but you know, we need you to have a great month and then we need you to do it again and again and again. You know, the SDR job is, is hard and they're trying to juggle performance with, you know, development, <clears throat> excuse me, because ultimately, you know, the SDR role within a company has two functions. You know, it's to deliver quality pipeline for the sales organization but also to develop the future sellers of that organization. But only one of those shows up on a spreadsheet. So from a leadership perspective, you know, it's important that we're always building time into the schedule to ensure that we're helping uh, the SDRs grow uh, and develop that, that part of, of their career. And then the second one is, you know, the SDR role is a monotonous job. Uh, so burnout is a real thing. And, and I think, how can we prevent that from, um, you know, from my end, I, I think first is ensuring that your reps are, are fairly compensated for what they're doing, but also they need to see a clear progression path to whatever that next step is in their career, whether it's an AE role or SDR manager or whatever, you know, other potential paths are, are available within a company. And, and I don't think that these are unique to Cognizant. I think that these are for any SDR role out there. And I, I understand that you know, performance is, is a big thing, you know, consistency over time, but SDR reps are, are fairly junior in, in their career. This is either their first role or, or one of their first roles. So understanding that, you know, it can be a grind month over month is, is a real thing, but it also prepares them for their life as, uh, as an AE or a leader where they're 
uh, you know, leading other sales reps or SDRs. Yeah, very well said. Uh, and I think adding to that, like another trend that I picked up on um, across like all teams, not only the enterprise team um, and the sales cycle is like the type of role or the type of like buyers that used to be a champion are no longer a champion. Like the, the number of people that can actually be a legit champion for you have just decreased dramatically. Um, and I feel like we're spending a lot of time there early, early stage deals thinking, oh, this person can definitely be their director or VP. There's a good title. Like they can definitely be a champion for us and they're no longer champion material. Um, so for example, we use MedPick uh, here at Cognizant. Um, so in order to define a champion, there are sort of three criteria. They should have a vested interest. They should have sort of that power and influence and they should be able to sell internally for you. Um, and so especially those two last points, like people that were before um, comfortable selling internally for you are no longer comfortable doing so because they know how hard it's going to be to get a deal across the finish line or bring on a new new tool. Um, and secondly, the people that used to have power, that power had been taken away from them. And, and that power now sits with like a COO or CFO or VP of finance. Um, so I feel like it's much, much harder finding that person who can who can get it done for you. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think it's so important. We talk a lot on our team about finding out what's in it for them. And you really have to peel that back and find out, you know, for the people that are going to be a coach or a champion, there there's some sort of personal stake that's involved with every single project. If someone's willing to take a call, there's something going on behind the scenes, right? That's driving them to say yes to that conversation. So we have to get to the root, kind of peel back the layers of the onion and find out truly what's in it for them. And how can we keep that top of mind in every single one of our conversations to keep the deal moving? All right. What is so bad that you're willing to take to talk to a salesperson about this? <laughs> That's pretty much it. Exactly. <laughs> Kidding. Um, all right. So um, one thing that we touched upon a little bit um, earlier in the podcast was just like, the collaboration between um, AEs and SDRs. Um, I'd love to hear more more details around how you've set that up because I think we have such a strong uh, alignment there today. I'll start, and Katie, I hope I'm not stealing all of your thunder with this. I, I think from a leadership perspective, Katie and I are, are in constant communication. You know, it's it's my job to equip Katie's team with the pipeline to close business. So, you know, we're we're asking her reps and my reps to collaborate well together. And I think they need to see that same relationship with, with us. So from a rep perspective, you know, they've done a really good job of having consistent one-on-ones, you know, the AEs and the SDRs, not just meeting to meet, but meeting with a defined plan for each meeting. I think it's been especially uh, beneficial. So not only are they on the same page with their go-to-market strategy, but there's also that layer of kind of mentor mentee that's mutually beneficial. Um, and I think that uh, we've done a really good job of, of that over the last six months or so. Yeah, obviously, I completely agree. So Stephen and I are meeting regularly. I'm chatting with the other SDR managers regularly. And the AEs know that. And I think, you know, kind of bringing this sense of structure to the communication plan has really helped. To Stephen's point, right, we're not having meetings for the sake of meetings. It's meeting with a purpose. Even something as simple as identifying our top 25 targets that we're all mutually aligned working towards in our respective AE SDR pods. We've seen 
these pods now tackle more than half of those accounts and get opportunities into the funnel, right? And it's just because they were all working towards the same thing, one team, one dream sort of mentality, which has been really good. Um, but then taking that up a level. So the AEs and the SDRs have their weekly cadences where they're meeting and connecting. They have the Slack channels going. So there's always open communication. But then I'm hosting meetings. The other SDR managers are hosting meetings where we're getting everybody together so that each SDR and AE pod is sharing best practices, what's working well for them. Um, and then we're all getting together quarterly as well. So there's kind of like that weekly cadence, the monthly cadence, the quarterly cadence that everybody knows kind of what to expect, what the expectations are. And we're all really quick to jump in if things even go a little bit awry, right? Sometimes meetings get missed, they get pushed, communication dips for a second, and all the managers are so communicative. And I think that's been super, super important, just kind of establishing this relationship um, between our groups. I tell all of the SDRs uh, when they move up into the enterprise space outside of the AEs, they are the most important to me at Cognizant because they're filling our funnel. Um, to Steven's point, right, they're generating the leads that ultimately will result in close one revenue, but it's up to my team to close it. So we are just as dependent on them as they are on us. And just one more yeah, piece on that. I think yeah, Kate's done a great job of being a part of, of the SDR process and experience. It's not, you know, she's just not stuck managing her own team and leaving me to, to worry about my team and, and my managers. She's involved in the SDRs. You mentioned the Slack channels. I, I think that they, they get a lot of satisfaction from leaders outside of the SDR organization participating and seeing what they're doing and recognizing them for, uh, you know, the quality work that they're, that they're bringing to the team. It's not just another meeting attended, another quality you know, opportunity, it's, it's getting that shout out and, you know, that little endorphin rush that uh, keeps them coming back for more. Yeah. Cause I think there's one thing saying that you care and yeah. versus showing mm -hmm. that you care. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and it, it matters so much, right? We do so much internal promotion, right? The SDRs who are a part of the enterprise team will eventually become account executives on our velocity and our commercial teams. And then eventually the goal is they'll make their way to my team. So it's really important that I start establishing those relationships with them when they're SDRs, because I'm hoping that soon they're gonna be on my team, right? And producing revenue for the organization, which is super exciting. So I'm very vested in their success. I love when they just bring in these like, deals they've been going after, whether they're large or small, when they've invested so many, so much time, like making these calls and sending these emails and these LinkedIn messages and going to networking events to try to get in front of people. And when they land it, it's incredible. And it's definitely worth being celebrated. Um, but it's important to establish those relationships right off the bat. Cool. Awesome. Um, any advice for sales leaders right now in this current market? I think a little bit of going back to the basics. So I was reminded of this mm. over, was it last weekend, two weekends ago, I went to an event where there were a ton of kind of industry professionals there. And honestly, I think I had gotten out of the swing of doing that. I used to make that kind of like a regular part of my business practices, right? Going to these events, networking in person, um, critical piece. And that was the first time I had done it in a long time. And it was such a reminder to me, just as we often look at cold calling, right? There was a, a wave of time where cold calling was dead. And now we all know the best way to get somebody is to call their mobile. Um, so we're, we're back in action on the cold calls, but we're also back in action on networking. And it was a good reminder for me to stick to the basics, go back to my roots, remember the things that have that led to success kind of early in my career. Um, just like fashion trends, right? Things come back every 10 years. I guess I'm hitting my decade mark and, and things are coming back for us, but that was a good reminder. 
I think for me, it's just investing in your people, you know, and, and what does that mean? I, I, I think it means we can't let SDRs or AEs become stagnant, you know, continuous training and development, additional certifications, exposing them to, you know, that next potential step in their career or in the business, I, I think is, is really important, but also, you know, I, it's so basic, but just have fun with your team. You know, that, that doesn't mean you have to have forced fun after work. It's in the office. It's just, you know, being silly, having fun, but still getting the job done, I think really goes uh, a long way. And, and look, if you have to be uh, with these people eight, nine, 10 hours a day, it helps to have fun while you're there and really enjoy the people that you're working with. And I think we do a really good job from uh, an SDR and a sales perspective of, of having fun in the office and, and really enjoying the people that, that you're with. 100% agree with that. Like sales is painful as it is <laughs> oftentimes. Yeah. Uh, so we might as well like have fun while we do it. Exactly. Uh, and also no one wants to buy from a miserable sales rep. Uh, like they, they want to buy from like happy, happy people uh, who are knowledgeable about, um, you know, uh, the buyer, uh, the pains they're facing and, and uh, like share how we can help them specifically. Yes, couldn't agree more. And I think like this is the time for all of us to hone in on our sales skills, right? When times are a little bit hard, because yeah. then when things are easier out there, like imagine how much we're going to crush it, right? Um, so sometimes when times are hard, I, I think about that. Um, it's the torch that carries you through, Frida. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it for me. Um, all right. So as we approach uh, Q4, um, Stephen, how many sales day days are left in um, Q3? Do we want to uh, know? We have, I want to say nine, including today, left in, in oh. Q3 and then a, a, a grind in, in Q4. All right. Yeah. So as, as we get into Q4, like what are some of your predictions for selling um, on the U.S. market? Bring out your crystal balls. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know, right, it's got to be done in November to make sure that you're done in December because everything shuts down. Um, and I feel like more and more things are shutting down a little bit earlier, especially with those like end of December holidays, right, which really block out calendars. So I think always getting in front of it and making sure that we're creating a sense of urgency in all of our deals. And I think about like what's in it for your champion, getting this off their plate and reminding them of that. Hey, this is a big initiative. You have rounded up all these stakeholders for me. Everybody's asking you questions. How can I equip you to get this off of your plate so that it's not your end of year with all of your other priorities? And then you have me, the salesperson, calling you saying, hey, let's get this across the finish line. So making that kind of a central driver for getting things done. Yeah, it's the pre-Thanksgiving deadline for all of us. Yes, exactly. I mean, to, to that kind of timeline, Frida, it's identifying who still has budget left in, in 2023 to spend and, and figuring out or identifying those customers so we can, we can run those quicker sales cycles, but also they're planning for 2024 and we want to be at the forefront of their plans as, as they continue to grow and develop as a company. So for us, it's, it's finding those companies and having those conversations about how they're going to help their companies grow uh, into next year and not just stay stagnant. Uh, or even uh, take a step backwards. So uh, our team needs to be able to, to find those uh, champions within and identify you know, what their initiatives are for the rest of this year and, and heading into 2024. Cool. All right. Thanks so much for coming to today's episode of Redefining Outbound. Um, always a pleasure um, chatting and 
yeah, we'll see you around.